What's up, guys? Welcome back to the It's Cold Football Podcast. My name is Otis. My name's Jose, and we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, trending news all around European football, the Carabao Cup. Uh, we're going to review our previous uh, predictions. And then there's that little thing that happened at Arsenal that uh, we're probably going to spend too much time on. Yeah. So let's just jump straight into it. Shaka versus... Oh, we're starting. We're starting there. Yeah, awesome. I figured. I okay. mean, I, I figured. Let's just. Let's just. This is what they want to hear. So let's give the people what they want to hear. Yeah. All right. Well. I it, mean, okay. So here's the thing. Jose is an Arsenal fan. Yes. Therefore, I am going to take not a backseat, but I really want to hear your take on everything. I have my take, but you're in there. You're in the circle. You're with them. So. Take it away. All right. So to recap what happened for those fortunate enough to not have seen it, uh, or I guess unfortunate because it was <laughs> really entertaining. All right. So Arsenal, we suck. It's been known. A lot of flack on Unai Emery. Uh, a lot of questions as to whether he's the right guy to go forward. The lightning rod for all of this has been Granit Xhaka. He's gotten the most abuse out of any player recently. And um, he, as the captain of the club, got substituted at 60 minutes uh, in our match against Crystal Palace. And we were chasing a goal and he started walking off the pitch. He was obviously upset. He threw the uh, armband at Aubameyang. I'm sorry, at Aubameyang. It happened to hit the floor. And then as he's walking away, he gets booed instantly. And uh, there were initially cheers coming up when it was shown that he was getting hooked. He was not having it, told the fans to fuck off. And took his shirt off, threw it as he walked straight into the stadium, or straight into the tunnel, and left the match. Now, as the captain of your club, it's unacceptable to do that, to throw the shirt with the badge on the ground. It's not exemplary behavior of anybody who uh, is in that leadership role. However, you also got to realize this is a guy who's come in. He's been a captain everywhere he's played. He's the captain of his international team. He was the youngest ever captain at Borussia Mönchengladbach. He was captain at 18 at Basel. This guy is a leader. The players voted him a leader, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But to be a new father for the first time, have those sleepless nights, and have people wish death on your child, have people wish death on you and your family, Arsenal fans, and all fans, really, of any sport even, there are many toxic fans and there are many vile creatures out there that follow this sport. And to those of you who do abuse players like that, you're scum, you're despicable, and you're worse than anything Xhaka could, could ever do to the club. Mm. Simple as that. And I'll stand by that 100%. Was he wrong in what he did? Yes. Can you understand why he did it? Yeah. I, I would challenge anybody to be in his position. Anything you do, be publicly scrutinized. People tell you they want to see you die and never work again. This is how he feeds his family. That's demoralizing. And then you expect all of this slander to make him go back on the pitch and be better? It doesn't work like that. But moving on from what exactly he did in the fans' reactions, uh, which, by the way, there were also people shouting at Aubameyang, telling him to fuck off, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. At the stadium? Or are you talking about the video that's circulating on, on Twitter? Yeah, like you said, there's a video on Twitter of someone shouting at him uh, when he's in his car. Telling him to fuck off. I think he was, was he trying to leave the stadium? Yep, he was yeah. leaving the stadium. And funny enough, I won't say her name because she's scum herself, 
but this is the same person who in preseason was forging signatures from the uh, players and selling them to fans. And Alex Lacazette called her out on it on Twitter. She shut up really quick. What in the world? What in the world is going on? It's a cruel world we live in. <sighs> what? Yep. But back on topic, why did this happen? Well, it's because of the remnants of the old board. Uh, specifically having Gazidis, who had no backbone and made every single wrong decision, and is continuing to make the wrong decisions at EC Milan. But he appointed Unai Emery. Was he the right guy for the job? No. I think by now it's easy to see, no, he's not the right guy. That doesn't mean we won't try to back him, because he is the acting manager, but he's not the right guy. He doesn't have the personality or the leadership to take over when situations like this happen. You see all the fallout with uh, Neymar at PSG. He's better at a quote-unquote smaller club with less of a an expectation. That's why he did so well at Sevilla and won three uh, Europa Leagues. Because he f- dropped out at the group stage of the Champions League two years in a row. So it's a great achievement he did, but you can't have one without the other. Now, where he went wrong is he appointed five managers. Which, sure, if that's what you want... Cool. Appoint your five managers. Captains. Or I'm sorry. Captains. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. You said manager. I was like, I'm going to let it slide. Then you said it again. I was like, all right, hold up. <laughs> he appointed five captains after Kashani left. And we all know how he left. Cool. Appoint your five captains. Have a fucking day with them. But don't wait until four weeks into the season to announce who the main captain is or what that squad is looking like. All you did was undermine Shaka's authority as captain because you made it look like he wasn't ready to be captain. And if he's not ready to be captain, why appoint him as such? So not only are you delaying the decision and undermining his authority and causing instability publicly, in which there's already a lot of unrest because Arsenal fans are fucking vile, you're also making yourself look bad. And... I, I, I'm just so annoyed. <laughs> it's so stupid because now the last one I was going to make, Xhaka is the lightning rod for all criticisms of Emery because it looks like Xhaka is Emery's child. You know, he is on the pitch at all times, no matter what. It's not Xhaka's fault that he gets picked. He's there to play. He was deemed good enough to play for Arsenal by the previous management, Wenger, etc. He's deemed to be worthy to play by Emery now. He's just there doing his best. Did he do the right thing? No. Is it understandable what he did? Yes. Is he to blame? Partly. Are the fans to blame? Partly. Is Emery to blame? A hundred percent. And this will be a huge mar on Emery's record for the rest of his managing career because he's lost a plot. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Um. So, first of all, I think that's a fair analysis of the situation. Um, I agree. 100% Jaka shouldn't have reacted the way he did, um, but it's understandable that he did, and I'm surprised it wasn't much worse. It could have been. Could have been um, a lot And worse. I know that, that reports are coming out that Arsenal are offering Jaka counseling due to his fragile mental state. Um, Which because professional, of, professional clubs should do no matter what. Exa- and, and because of the situations, like you said, people wishing yeah. death on his newborn child, people, you know... Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's disgusting. Like you said, it's vile. Now, because of all of this, a couple of questions I have for you. One, do you think Xhaka should be stripped of the captaincy? It's a good question. It really is. Because 
Uh, you gotta think of it in several aspects, not just, you know, did he do something wrong? Is he got No, it's not that simple. Because you took four weeks into the season to announce this guy as captain. And now you're just gonna turn your back on him. There's also reports of players coming out and saying, no, this is our captain. We want him to stay as captain. So he risks losing even more of the dressing room if he strips Jaco of the captaincy. But if he keeps him there, he risks losing the faith of the fans, which is already quickly diminishing. It's a no-win situation, and I can't wait to see Emery try to score him his way out of it. And it's going to end so poorly. And as a cynical person, I can't wait to see it. But as an Arsenal fan, it hurts that it's to this point. Because I do think now we have a more confident board and higher figures at the club than we had in the past. But we just have a snake of a manager. No-win situation. Nope. To answer your question... No, he should not be stripped of the captaincy. You sure? I I would like to see it, but I think for the betterment of the team, no, he should not. Okay. Now, next question. Do you think Xhaka should push for a move in January? Do you you think he will push for a move? And if he does, do you think Arsenal should let him go? Because as of right now, there has been no public apology. There hasn't. And that's one thing that people are criticizing him heavily for. Uh, but on two sides, one, if he doesn't want to apologize, I don't blame him. If like, he stands it, by what he did, then he stands by what he did. Yeah. And that's that's him. Yeah. And second off, I also don't think he should apologize before he's ready to. If he does plan on apologizing, if he is in this fragile state that is understandable and it sounds like he's in, why come out and face more criticism immediately if you're not ready for it yet? You know? Um, he's not playing in the Carabao Cup match against Liverpool on Wednesday. So uh, that's another sign of where he stands. Um, will he push for a move? I don't think so. I think he may just uh, happen to be sold in the summer, but I don't think he'll try to leave midseason. He's definitely got enough pride to, uh, to fight back. And even if he just doesn't play, except for, uh, you know, cup appearances or Europa League, he's gonna do his best and he's gonna be back in the team eventually. Okay. I mean, that's a that's a fair response, and again, it's your opinion. Um, if things continue the way they are, I see no reason. If I were him, I would leave, or at least push to leave in January. Um, yeah. yeah, and I understand if he does. So now, now we're on to let's talk about the fans a little bit. Okay, I get it. You're unhappy with his performance, and from what I heard, his performance that night wasn't necessarily bad. It wasn't. It um, wasn't. It wasn't horrible it was average it may not have been a good performance but it wasn't bad so why why boo him when he's coming off why the ironic cheers and clapping you know why not i like i don't understand that because it's uh hmm. it's easy it's easy to pick one guy and say hey you're the worst player because he is slow because he is immobile because he has made many many mistakes i'm not here to spend defending him all the way he has made many mistakes however I'll take the opinion of Arsene Wenger, Unai Emery, Lucien Favre, and many other managers that he's had before over the opinions of 60,000 people who watch uh, football once or twice a week. I'll take the opinions of the experts, and the experts continually play him despite all the criticism. There's, there's something there. And, you know, you could say it's his distribution, it's his passing, whatever. It could also just be his presses on the field. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we can say that he's a weak leader because he's not rousing, riling everybody up after they concede a goal or whatever. But even the match going fans don't see everything. It's it's a different perspective to have as a fan than as a player on the field. Right. You don't know what happens in training. The locker room. The locker room. These players, Arsenal players, obviously see him as a leader. And they look to him. And you can see how much it hurts these Arsenal players to see that happen. Um, you know, Torreira was supposedly in tears at the match. Bellerin has come out and defended him on social media. And, uh, and, and you know Bellerin. A fan favorite, probably the the fan favorite, is defending Xhaka. Well, I mean, that should say it all. Now, it should be noted, Crystal Palace is just our bogey team at this point. Because uh, about three years ago, Bellerin was being shouted abuse on the pitch side uh, by the fans at Crystal Palace away when we lost, I think it was 3-1. to And many people thought that was it for Bellerin. You know, many people thought he's out, he's done, fans turned on him, and he's brought it back. I'm sorry, but I just feel like, personally, I feel like Arsenal fans are quick to turn. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's okay to be frustrated, and it's totally understandable, but also, these are the same guys who supported a banner flying over the stadium at the Hawthorne uh, when we played West Brom, a banner saying Wenger out. You know, this is the guy who brought Arsenal to the next level. The reason so many players say they are Arsenal fans, Harry Kane, Paul Pogba, most recently Fukayo Tomori and uh, Tammy Abraham from Chelsea. There's been pictures, tweets brought up of all of them being Arsenal fans. And that's because of Arsene Wenger. The same guys that you wish death on, that you flew banners for, that you put banners in his stadium, the stadium that he brought. You put banners saying that you wanted him out. You would boo him. Come on, guys. Have a little more class than that. For for a club that says they represent class and higher values, we seem to have lost that. And that's the only thing Wenger asked in his farewell speech. Do you think that's because of, and I don't want to get a little, I don't want to get too touchy, but do you think that's because of the AFTV crowd? Uh, do you think they are, it may not be solely because of them, but do you think that they contribute to the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but everyone is just so, it's, it's just seems it's like so the tense. fan base is so volatile. Yeah. And it's like quick. That's a good word for it. I will say this happened before AFTV. Emmanuel Obue in 2010 was booed off the pitch after being substituted in the 90th minute. And he walked off in tears. He was reduced to tears by his own fans. Um, now, as I say this, you know, I'm not trying to rag on myself. I'm an Arsenal fan, but it's not just Arsenal fans. There are Chelsea fans spitting abuse. There are Tottenham fans spitting abuse. You know, it's a worldwide thing. Yeah. And it is an issue in sports, but it's because these people are so passionate. And the match-going fans do, all fans have a right to criticize. We put in our money. We put in our time. But there's a limit. Mm-hmm. And shouting abuse, personal abuse, and death threats is way beyond that limit. You know, you're not helping your case here. You're not going to help Mustafi get better if you tell him he's more shit than half the academy players, you know? Which isn't the case. Otherwise, the academy players would be playing. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a big mess. I think, to answer your question, AFTV has contributed partly for it. And uh, some of the characters there are exactly that, just characters and fake fans. 
But some of them do bring more attention to the club. They do bring a more level ahead. I don't particularly br- blame Robbie. For one, he finessed it. He yeah. he saw the opportunity there. Don Robbie, as they call him, yeah. But also, like even in th- this weekend uh, match with all the interviews, you could see him not only defending Shaka, but providing a more leveled head. And it's interesting because you get players, I'm sorry, I mean, fans' opinions right after the match. Yeah. You know, you get them when they're still heated, when raw. they haven't processed everything. You're, you're right, it's raw. And that's what people want to see. But also, it's not healthy for the atmosphere of a club. Especially when you have a spineless manager like Unai Emery. I can get behind that. Unai's like, spineless is definitely the right word to define him. I don't even hate the guy, but he needs to no, do he's, something. He's spineless. Yeah. Um, so let's let's move on. I think we've we've talked a good amount about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. The shot. No, no, no. It's good. This is. I mean, this is probably the biggest story of uh, of, of the, the weekend. Week. Yeah. So let's uh, let's run through some of the other stuff. Um, Our boy. Yes. Christian Pulisic. Shout out. Hat trick. Perfect hat trick. Perfect hat trick. Just like, he he is the reason America's going to win the next World Cup. All right. And uh, that's all for today. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Perfect hat trick. Right foot, left foot header. Uh, He may not have known much about the header looking back at it, but... (laughs) But he'll take it. It's a hat trick. No complaints. Yeah. Um, Is that why you're wearing a hat today? Yeah. Oh, my God. Shout out Pulisic. No. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. I think he's definitely finding his way into that starting lineup at Chelsea. Definitely. And... uh, I think this will reflect really well on Lampard because he gave him opportunities in the beginning. And as soon as he started getting a little bit of abuse, abuse, uh, he hooked him, took him off the team, let him regain his confidence, and now he's back. And I don't think that's necessarily it, what he intended. But if I'm, if I'm, not, mistake, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't, doesn't Pulisic have the most assists of any Chelsea player this season? Yeah. Even yeah. though he's... A, some of the fans think he sucks and he wasn't worth the large price tag. He has the most assists. Okay, I'm just I, saying. <laughs> I, I don't understand it. You know, Mic drop moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Lampard was challenging him. I don't think this was one of those like, oh, let me protect the players. I think he genuinely wanted to drop him. But the way he's playing right now, you're exactly right. He keeps getting assists. Yeah. And he had a match winning assist uh, for Batshuayi about two games ago. Mm-hmm. In you Amsterdam. Know, he's that, becoming more and more important. Exactly. Uh, you know, going away to Ajax, it's not an easy place to play. Not at all. And Ajax is no joke. That's a good team. And I'm not just saying that because I like Ajax. I, I mean, <laughs> they're a genuinely good I mean, team. you saw what they did last year. Exactly. And how they managed to keep most of their big pieces. I mean, you know, they beat Real Madrid. So... Uh, next up, st- sticking with the national team and sticking with Ajax, <laughs> for that matter, uh, Sergino Dest has chosen, finally. Um, there was a lo- the long-awaited wait to see if he was going to pick the Netherlands or pick the United States, and he picked us. Yeah, I'm just surprised. <laughs> he picked us. We won. <laughs> I think you had started to say you wanted him to choose the Netherlands, partly because, yeah, he'd make that side better, but also, like, it's easier to let yourself down early. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to get my hopes up, but now yeah. my hopes are up, and it's and it's going to be great to see Burhalter not play him uh, oh, it's and play be great. Tyler Adams at right back. So Burhalter is not the answer. No, hashtag Emery. Yeah, that's hashtag a whole, Berhalter. I'm, you know what? I can get behind that. That's a whole <laughs> other podcast. 
Um, and so- we can talk more about the U.S. national team specifically in its own dedicated episodes if you guys want us to. So, yeah, Especially over international break. Quick reminder, just let us know in the comments section on YouTube if you want us to talk about specific subjects. We'll make sure to include them. Yep. Uh, now we're going to move on to the boys at Leicester City. Yeah. 9-0. 9-0. So they went, away, they went away to Southampton and destroyed them. I know Ryan Bertrand got a red card in the 12th minute. And, and that, then and it that, was over. And, but we say that, but Ben Chilwell scored in the 10th minute. Chilwell scored ten, two minutes before Bertrand got sent off. Mm-hmm. But like you said, then it was, it was over. And Southampton just gave up for a little bit. Yeah, they were shell-shocked. It's absolutely disgraceful for some of them. Um, so just to run through it really quickly, Iosie Perez, his first hat trick. Yes. Uh, he got three goals. Uh, ben Chilwell had one goal and two assists. Uh, Jamie Vardy, hat trick. Yuri Tielemans got a goal and, uh, and an assist. And James Madison also got his goal. I do want to say uh, they did tie the record uh, for the <laughs> biggest victory in Premier League history. Yep. Um, it was Man United versus... I don't know who it they played. Was... It was his, his, it, his it switch, was? yeah. Okay. Um, I think. I don't know. Let us know. <laughs> uh, I will say I'm a big Ralph Hasenhuttle fan uh, since days in Leipzig. I feel bad for the guy, but even the commentators were saying, you know, this is a guy who's not being backed by his board. There's no money being spent. There's pieces leaving, nothing of quality coming in. Yeah. It's a sinking ship. Yeah. And I think at this point they are relegation favorites. Wow. I mean... Yeah, I mean, they got whooped 9-0, then they just went and lost in the Carabao Cup, and now they have to go, again, away to Manchester City at the weekend. So It's not looking good. No, not at all. Um, next up, let's talk about the Messi. Goats. Yeah. The GOATs. First of all, the whole Messi versus Ronaldo debate, I'm on the, I take the stances where let's just enjoy both of them. Who do I think is better? Let's not get into that. <laughs> so to not be a bitch and actually answer it, it's messy. Okay, I agree uh, <laughs> with you. It's messy. But at the same time, like I can I can take a step back and look at the fact that oh we are seeing two of the greatest players. Ronaldo is so good. We're, take, we're seeing two of the greatest players at the same time. Two of the greatest players to ever play the game at it's the same so time. Nice. Um, it's so, so nice. So Messi scored 600 goals. Uh, 608 goals in 695 games, and Ronaldo has scored 606 goals in 813 games. So quite the difference. Quite the difference, however, that doesn't... When we talk about this stuff, and we do bring up Ronaldo and Messi quite often, it does not uh, negate at all what Ronaldo's accomplished. Because, yes, those stats may sound super different, but we're not diminishing him at all. Ronaldo's still amazing. I mean, you got to talk about different, the factors that go to it. Ronaldo's played in Portugal. He's played in Spain. He's played in England, and now he's in Italy. Barcelona, or Messi stayed at Barcelona his whole career. Exactly. And let's be honest, the people he's around in Barcelona... Have historically been better than what Ronaldo has had. Especially at Sporting Portugal, uh, or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, no well, he, shade, no shade to them. He didn't play too long there, yeah. but, you know, there are other factors. For example, uh, Christian Pulisic coming to England. It's the same language, but it's a different environment, different team, different settings. Culture, everything. Imagine adding a different language to that, too. Yeah. So, Ronaldo's done great to get settled in everywhere he's gone. And uh, we'll no doubt look back on him and his career as uh, one of the greatest. Simple yeah. as that. Now, we're going to fly through what's been going on in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Three little quarterfinals are Everton, Manchester City, Leicester, Colchester, and Oxford United. Uh, They won the matches from yesterday. Nothing too crazy, but a lot of entertainment to be had there. 
But today, we do have some big matches. Before we move on, I just shout out Tommy Doyle. Yes. Started for Manchester City. Both of his grandfathers are Manchester City legends. So that's that's actually a pretty big accomplishment, you know. That's that's crazy. Both of your grandfathers. Both of your grandfathers legends at the club that you're not playing at. And that the club you supported since you were a kid. That's a moment he'll never forget. I'm glad he got to feel that. Uh, Today, though, we have a really big game in Aston Villa and Wolves. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm picking Villa to win (laughs) 2-1. So I'm going Wolves 2-0. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, next up, we have Chelsea and Manchester United. One of the actual big games. Yeah. Um... Possibly the biggest, if you compare like the actual quality. Yeah. You know. You've got a Manchester United game, or I'm sorry, a Manchester United team that just needs to keep winning. They're fighting for their lives every match. But you have a Chelsea team that's got so much confidence out of nowhere. Seven wins on the bounce. Everything started to click. Yeah. And I think they're going to get this win 3-1. Okay. I have the exact same score when I actually 3-1. Um, so now let's talk about your guys going up to Anfield, Liverpool versus Arsenal. Let's set this straight. I'm not going to pick against Arsenal. I'm going to okay. put it a 2-1. But I could easily see it uh, being 3-1 the other way. The reason I pick Arsenal, besides being a fan, is I do think that uh, they're going to field a stronger side than Liverpool. I think Liverpool has experienced a lot of frustration in not winning the league, especially when they had a lead at Christmas last year and they have a significant lead right now. They won the Champions League, which is amazing. But I think they're all out, all out for the Premier League title this season. And I don't think they're going to pay as much attention to a Carabao Cup match, especially if it's not a semifinal or a final, as they are going to, as Arsenal will. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't. Talk when, to them. I I hope you're right for the sake of my team winning a third straight Carabao Cup. Um, I do not want to meet them in the later stages. So I hope you're right, and I hope Arsenal win. But personally, I'm going to go for a two-one Liverpool win. Um, I think Arsenal will field a stronger team. I just don't know how they'll perform at Anfield. All right. Well, um, <laughs> really quickly, our predictions suck, and we were always wrong. From the get-go, uh, with last weekend's review. <laughs> well, not me. What'd you get right? Uh, PSG Marseille. I said four 0 and ended four 0 Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I Everything else was wrong. <laughs> Everything else was wrong. <laughs> I did pick uh, Ajax beating Feyenoord. We both did. Yeah. Uh, we both picked Liverpool beating Spurs. Dortmund disappointed us again, and Leon doing what Leon do. Yep. Being consistent. But that's all for today. Uh, Definitely make sure to find us in our fantasy league. The winner does get a $50 gift card at the end of the year. I'm still solid in second place. Yeah, I'm struggling in third place, and Marcos has a pretty good, significant lead over both of us in first place. Yeah, so um, if it's not looking good at the end of the season, we're going to delete that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) Make sure to find us on Twitter at It's Called Football. And on YouTube, It's Called Football. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Leave a like. Subscribe. My name's Jose. My name's Otis. See you guys next time.